Need a powerful ally to fight daily bugs and serious pathogens? Allicin Med is the powerful universal pathogen killer's latest advance of German-sourced Allicin, enzymatically stabilized to clear the body of bacteria, fungi, mycobacteria, and parasites. It penetrates body biofilms and is non-toxic to tissues. Pathogen resistance cannot develop for long-term body-optimized wellness. Clear stealth pathogens that promote autoimmune disease, cancer and vascular inflammation and plaque and promote healing of tissues. Now pathogen-free. With 200 milligrams more power than prior Alamed, you can't get a more powerful ally to fight daily bugs and serious pathogens. Give your body what it needs. Allison Med. Order Dr. Bill Deagle's Nutridyne at 888-212-8871 or Nutramedical.com. That's 1-888-212-8871 or Nutramedical.com. And listen to the Nutramedical Report on the Genesis Radio Network with open lines every weekday. Nutramedical.com, bringing nutrition and medicine together. This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. of the Thursday show, the 5th of October. We have a new and amazing guest, Matt Riccardi, who will be running for governor for New Jersey. Uh, amazing background. Uh, and again, his web address is r4nj.org, which is riccardi for New Jersey governororg That's r4nj.org. Welcome to the program, Matt. Tell us your story, uh, your background in the military, why you want to run as governor, and your issues and maybe solutions to the issue of the Mandalay Massacre and what's going on with the calls for gun control and what we really need to do to solve these problems. Thank you so much uh, for the opportunity. I, I really appreciate, uh, you know, every every opportunity uh, that's given. And uh, I appreciate the, the show and, and obviously your background as well. And um, so, so uh, you know, I'm a Marine veteran. I served from zero, uh, 2005 to 2009 and uh, spent 25 months overseas, mostly uh, in a support element uh, to the war on terror, but also as a weapons specialist um, for about 16 months, training uh, Marines on how to use rifles and pistols and, you know, uh, heavy automatic weapons. Um, so I know a thing or two about, you know, with regards to what just happened um, and the weapons that were used. But uh, I, I did that for uh, for four years, and I got out and pursued an education. I went from community college to Ivy League. Um, I ended up just recently graduating, uh, and I've got, uh, you know, my, my degree in political science history and, and uh, minors. But um, it's been a great journey, uh, learning a lot of experience throughout life, and that's the key to doing anything. When you try to represent people, you need to know who you're representing. So I felt like I have uh, enough experience from, from my life, uh, from my background growing up right in the city outside of Manhattan, um, you know, in a very impoverished way and, and uh, you know, with gangs and things like that all around. So I really felt that uh, I'm able to embody the people of New Jersey um, in every way. So in January, I decided at 30, because uh, you have to be 30 to step up to the plate. 
and to uh, try to fix the problem because New Jersey is seen as the most corrupt state in the country, though some people may argue it in Illinois and and some other states, but uh, the reality is is that, uh, you know, we've we've got a big problem all over the country, and the the problem is surrounding leadership. And uh, the leadership, the destruction of our leadership, the lack of leadership, has led to what the previous election that we just had, it led to that. I mean, it led to having uh, such polarizing figures like Hillary Clinton and, and Donald Trump uh, leading two parties and, and not really in any way embodying, uh, you know, the majority of America. Whether you like either of the candidates, that, that does, you know, it doesn't make a difference. The point is, is that most Americans sat out, um, and didn't come and didn't want to be involved in the election as a result of the fact that they feel like they're, they weren't getting choices that represented them. And, uh, now here as a result, We've got the same thing in New Jersey. We've got a Goldman Sachs guy who's been there, who was there for 20-something years, raised $300 million to help get Obama elected in 2008. Wow. And, uh, then, yeah, then you've got the lieutenant governor of the worst governor in America. You've, they, they somehow, the Republican Party chose to the current lieutenant governor for Chris Christie, who's been there for eight years presiding over the worst economy and the worst taxation, the worst debt in the country, the worst foreclosures, and we can go on and on about that. Right. But the reality is is that people in New Jersey have no choice. And I said, you know what, it's, I've got to step up to the plate. You know, I'm, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. Um, I believe in our Constitution. I felt like I was being told that it's time to step up to the plate uh, and do the right thing. Stand up. No matter what happens, even if you get ten votes, Step up to a plate and at least give people an option for someone that, that stands on integrity, uh, someone that plans to stand for the Constitution, someone that doesn't get people uh, based on their skin color or their background or so forth and so on, but looks at them as, as people. And that's what, that's what I've done. So my platform is People Over Politics, and uh, that comes again from a very, very wide, wide um, array in, with regards to my background and, and where I grew up and the people that I've come to know and understand worldwide and nationwide and also New Jersey-wide. So, uh, so right. here I am with a great opportunity, and I'm, I'm excited about it. Tell us about uh, some of the concrete solutions you're talking about. We have several main areas. Firstly, we have this disaster recently that's taken a lot of the news up, taking a lot of the air out of other news items, including the tax uh, and health care, is the Mandalay Massacre. And we've kind of dissected parts of it. As a U.S. Marine with all of your experience on weapon systems, what, you know, as a forensics, in fact, investigator, or, you know, I have a background in forensic investigation, tell us what you see as the issues that cause this. Because I see some people reflexively say, well, we just need to get rid of the, the bump stocks. Or they want better well, gun control reflexly. When really it's a much broader issue than that. And we have to deal with a number of issues uh, I don't believe in what we call gun registration. I believe in people uh, issues such as metadata, mental health, and money. You know, where's your money going? And I think that if we had those things, we would know that, for example, if somebody's put on this kind of drug that's sleep-deprived, someone's buying all these materials, they should at the very least, without gun registration, have some kind of visit. But I think the real issue comes we need to start developing technologies, too, to actually stop ballistic explosions, for example, in those hotel rooms, anybody high up, they should have had a system where, uh, ooh, I can hear a lot of, a lot of the air, so, uh, should have had a system where once those, those Lexan windows are blown out, there should have been a ballistic thing in the ceiling of every hotel room that would have knocked the people in the room to the ground. 
so they couldn't follow the window, harm someone else, or there could be maybe smoke as well, or bright lights in the ceiling, so people would not do something. Uh, on the other hand, we should have had some way of actually intercepting those ballistic high-velocity bullets, and could, which could also be used in the battlefield. And I want to run by you a technical solution to that, but I want to hear your, te- your first of your forensic ideas of was it just one person? Because it sounds a little bit hard to believe it was just one person did this, number one. Uh, and was it a an altered gun with a semi-automatic, or was it something more, you know, nasty like an M30 or M60 fully automatic machine gun? Uh, wh- what happened there? What What are the forensics that you know of it and your experience? This is a great question, and those are all great points. First, the, I, I was on the radio talking about it the other day, and, and typically you want to, try and allow, uh, you know, the, the police and everyone to do their job at the same time, it's also important for us to stay up to date on everything that's put out there, everything, because we do know that we live in a time where there is great censorship that occurs, um, maybe for be- sometimes for better, sometimes for worse, but the reality is is that any time that there is censorship uh, occurring when it comes to the media, when it comes to something that we, uh, as, as a personal eyewitnesses, put out there, uh, it's it's kind of scary. So we need to make sure that, that we're not, uh, you know, jumping to conclusions, but we're also making sure that we're paying attention to everything so that somebody doesn't pull the wool over our eyes. Um, my interview the other day, I said I personally cannot. I I don't I don't know that you know I don't know that that I would that I would throw this out as a as a conspiracy of some sort by the government or anything. But I do believe that there was a professional element here. This man was a 64-year-old accountant, and and while you know typically these mass murderers, these lunatics that go and shoot up uh, places, never fit the bill. They're always you know they're always people people that knew them say. I never thought that they would have ever did something like that, so I get that part. But he was a 64-year-old accountant, and I don't know that there is enough out there for me to say that I believe that he was able to, he was capable enough to pull off something um, like this with such strategy and such precision, and the ability to, um, you know, to set up this whole thing over the course of days or a day without having someone help him or understand how to do something like this. You don't just go ahead and read these articles all over the right. internet and figure out how to pull this off. I mean, right. even terrorism yeah. groups fail when they try to do things like this. Um, so this guy seemed to pull, he had every, I mean, he nailed everything that he possibly could. He had the police kept at bay. He kept that one security guard. I mean, he was able to fire these shots strategically from the 30-second window, they say, uh, and able to pump, uh, and not, not be able to shoot you know, however many thousands of, of bullets down there. Um, so for me personally, I think it's that it's. I think that it's something that is eye-opening, and I wouldn't be surprised if we find out that he had worked with some sort of organization or had some kind of help. Yeah, I call it the Manchurian terrorist. What do you think of that? Yeah, that, I mean that. That's a good. That's a good term. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, well, I hear the music, so I guess we're going to get bumped off for a minute. It was no, not a bump stock, but a bump to the commercial time. But we'll be back in a minute with <laughs> Matt Riccardi again. Matt Riccardi for New Jersey Governor. Uh, that's r4nj.org. Back in a moment. Doctor Carey. I'm a uh, medical, legal, and a forensic expert, uh, and I can tell you uh, there's a number of questions I'd ask about this case. Firstly, uh, I want to know his metadata. I wanted to know which social media sites he's on, where he's buying all of his gun parts and bomb parts and chemicals. 
uh, you know, is it buying from a chemical factory in Florida or whatever? I want to know who's contributing money. Has he got Antifa magazines in his room there? I'd like to know what his, what, you know, his girlfriend obviously is Asian, so she's going to be kind of shoved aside and treated like she's furniture. So it may be true that she doesn't really know what's going on with this guy. But although he's got two estranged brothers, one that's really surprised by his behavior, there's a number of anomalies that tell me this guy may have been fiddled. And I'll just quote a few examples. A lot of people really don't believe that there's bad elements within our own government or within our intelligences that will do bad things to us. Now, one of the things that people should know when you live in New Jersey is that I was the exit examiner for the Alfred P. Murrow building in Oklahoma City because my boss, Major Schwinder, was next up in command to me uh, back in uh, the time of the Oklahoma City uh, bombing was gone, so I did all five exit exams. And one of the five broke down and told me that he was exposed to radiation. And three radiation detectors went off scale. They removed two U.S. Army Corps engineer micro-nukes, RDX high-explosive cord, and C4 pineapples in the building on the parking garage pillars. I've also had General uh, Patton on the program talking about these things and other munitions experts. And um, <clears throat> what happened is, after he spilled the beans at a bar near Fort Carson, Colorado. They hauled me into the boardroom in St. Francis Hospital, fired me on the spot in front of Major Swinder and the board, and gave me death threats and threats to shut up. And I said, you're going to give me a letter of reference and 50000 in cash, and if you come in within 500 miles of me and my family, i got friends in Delta Force and Special Ops, and you're not going to put your socks on in the morning. So the next day I got the letter of reference and the 50000 in cash. Now, I've been trying for years to do analysis because I have a background in chemistry, radiochemistry, nuclear toxicology, member of the nuclear division of ACOM, and a director of Occupant for Health Sosa in the city of Denver, which is a population of 2.6 million people, and Pekin, Illinois, and took care of the nuclear plant Sosa in Chicago. Okay, I took care of Rocky Flats, so I was working with Operation Top Off in Dark Winter under Reserve Admiral Hughes in 97 for the FBI and CDC. So I know a lot of stuff, very classified stuff, and I can tell you, there's no doubt in my mind that Oklahoma City was a black op, false flag operation. So was 9-11. Now, I haven't excluded, I don't have the thesis as to how this happened, but every, there's too many questions here that don't make sense. But the real issue is what technical solutions can we do? The first thing is I call the three M's. Metadata, mental health, and money. And the second thing is we need to have anti-ballistic systems. I don't know on the battlefield, we had three of our special forces guys die in Niger. If they had the system that I've thought up in the last few days and prayed on and got an actual technical answer in prayer to actually stop what we call ballistic attacks, we need to have systems where if you blow out a, a uh, Lexan window in a hotel room, which is really hard to do with a big mall hammer, it should immediately blast the uh, canister to have flashing lights in the ceiling, uh, smoke to actually block your ability to see, and a knockdown agent to knock you to the ground will not kill you, but make you not be able to do anything. We need also have maybe drones on the roof of these buildings so somebody can't turn into high ground into a killing zone in the road below like Las Vegas. And we need also have anti-ballistic systems. So I came up with one, and I want to run it by you because you're a ballistic expert. I call the laser net interceptor system. Now, I have a background in all kinds of technical areas, and I won't go through it all. But it basically is you can tell the direction of a bullet, whether it's subsonic or hypersonic, using lasers. It doesn't have to be one that will vaporize the bullet because that also could cause more debris. But you need to be able to pick it up. Then you need to create what's called a terahertz field. And you have these uh, 
if you want to call ballistic balls that would contain a small net inside it that would be made of Lexa, what's called Kevlar spider silk, that you'd fire using a linear accelerator gun that would be hypersonic toward the field where the bullets are coming in, and the laser would actually see the bullets, and as they're coming in, the laser would identify the bullet track and, and trajectory and fire these little laser nets so they would spread to several yards who don't have to hit a bullet to hit a bullet. And as soon as they would come near it, they would detect and have a microchip inside each little ball. It would blow the little thing with a microcharge. You'd have a yard or more wide net that would grab the bullet and spin it out with its kinetic force. Uh, I call it the laser net interceptor. And you can use this in the battlefield so that basically if you put a bunch of these up, if the other side is shooting, no bullets can come near you. They would immediately stop any of the opposing side shooting any ballistic uh, thing, including a rocket propelled grenade or a bullet high velocity, low velocity, or supersonic. Uh, we need things like this. We are now, I talked to our Navy people, I've had experts on the show, that we're going to deploy lasers and plasma weapon systems on all of our aircraft carriers and our, and our Navy ships because our current Navy does not have defense against the hypersonic cruise missiles that the Russians have designed or their Yakut super cavitation torpedo that can go at 400 to 500 knots under the water. We need to have systems so we actually can deploy our military and not put them in harm's way. We need to also be able to deploy people so if they're walking in a mall in Las Vegas or anywhere else, they're not shot from high ground. And we can have these systems set up, including drones or anti-ballistic systems, so that we can use high-tech to make sure it absolutely cannot be hit by any high-velocity projectile to hit a crowd down below. So, you know, we may need to pour some money in, but I believe the gun companies that manufacture weapons need to pour in their money to develop something spun off of my idea of what I call a laser net interceptor system. And it could be used in the battlefield. We should have our troops deployed not only with level 3 body armor, which, by the way, we don't. We send them to harm's way with level 1. And then the family has to pay enough to make sure they have level 3 body armor so they don't get hit with a high-velocity bullet from the enemy. It's, to me, it's crazy. Uh, we should have already anticipated after what happened with the bombings, say, in England uh, and other bombings that this kind of terror especially with increasingly sick population and the overuse of drugs that de-repress people, is going to cause these kind of situations. And it's not the guns that kill people. It's crazy people that create kill people, isn't it? For sure. And I agree. I agree with everything you're saying uh, with regards to the technology and the ability to have a task force and just a country that is better prepared. Uh, now, while you know that may not stop uh, the government from being able to pull off uh, false flags and things like that, uh, it is still a great uh, idea, and it's a great, uh, you know, well, when technology improves, everything in society improves as a result. And if right. technology improved and the government had control over it, that means that the people would be able to gain control over it as well. So, uh, And a lot of people have been using that, that argument. It was The law was written back for muskets. Uh, we're in 2017. Well, that's exactly the point. The point is, is that, that, that during the time of muskets, they were using weapons of war, which were muskets, Therefore, we need to make sure that we have the same thing that governments have now. The idea is that the Second Amendment is used to protect all of the other amendments. If you take away the Second Amendment, the government will take away all the rest. Exactly. Yeah, you can't take away the Second Amendment. The other thing I mentioned is, uh, and I have several of these technologies that were given by my guys in Special Forces and Delta. Uh, for example, uh, just I'll give two of the weapon systems, just give a brief view. Number one is a linear accelerator gun that uses a welder's flux to actually create a plasma weapon that can cut a man in half in a mile or more. The other is a weapon that can create an EMP pulse using simple materials like leather, foil, foil so to create a parabolic uh, capacitor that can create a, a millions of square volt, you know, 
uh, EMP pulse that can actually knock out any IC chips, including in guns and vehicles, etc., for miles if you point in a specific direction. The next is a system of siping this ball bearing, so they'll fly faster, ten times faster than any bullet, not a lot harder. They'll go right through levels of body armor like it's butter. So, you know, we need to start realizing that technology is going to make non-lethal and lethal systems that are, in many ways, a lot more dangerous than guns, and we need to have defense against it. But we we either have to do that, or we're going to have a police state where the government takes all of our guns, and then we're in real trouble. of how to bring back liberty, integrity, and prosperity. I think we have to reinvent what an economy is uh, before we decide how we're going to make a new economy come back to New Jersey and how we're going to bring back uh, real money. Um, so, Matt, uh, let, let's talk about this in terms of the logistics of, of, of how to make people feel safe. I think a lot of people going to Las Vegas now might assume because this happened it's not going to happen again. What do you think? I think that uh, I think that's a deadly assumption. Um, I think that that there's no doubt that um, that people are going. Any we see it every time when when somebody pulls off something that it's likely becomes more likely to happen again. The best way to stop uh, any type of attack like this, any type of person uh, or or group from being able to pull off an attack like this, is to make sure that we have the best possible systems set up to be as proactive as possible. We know that typically anti-terror and terrorism, that you're, it's mostly a reactionary thing. But that doesn't mean that you can't be proactive. It doesn't mean that you can't have a system set up to try to shut down uh, these threats and, and things like that. But I think something that's so important and, and, and is pertinent to this show and to everything that you're doing is talking about the mental health aspect. And if you want to begin a place to start breaking these sorts of attacks down and start stop, you know, being able to stop the, you know, the terrorism or, or these ideologies from, from going towards terrorism, you have to start really talking about the medical uh, industry here in America because one of the key things was the medicine that the guy was on. Oh, yeah. And when you think about it, you know, people... We just take it for granted that we, you know, this is the medicine the doctor gave me, and I take it. You don't know the the side effects they list. You really don't know what what the the truth is. I mean, some of this stuff can cause severe uh, breakdowns mentally over a week, you know, over two weeks, over over you know, two months, over two years. And there's a lot of people in this country that are on oh, medications yeah. that probably shouldn't be in existence. I would well, say, I would start the conversation there. Oh yeah, absolutely. In fact. Uh, what I tell people, and I like to use some uh, what I call metaphors of humor, like you know the Young Frankenstein movie. He had an abnormal brain. Why do you put an abnormal brain in a six foot eight monster? You know, when Frank, they're building Frankenstein. The fact is, if uh, Ron Klatz, who's the head of A4M, suggested with this plan, which you sent on to Doctor Price before he could quit uh, his office as the House HHS secretary, to have a healthcare system where everybody gets metabolic testing. Now you can do quantum testing first, but everybody, if you tested even their urine and their blood. You'd be able to determine once a year, whatever, if their brain and other chemistry is normal. This guy was sleep-deprived. He wanted a de-repressing drug that can cause you, if you're a veteran, to go through PTSD or have a traumatic life, to no longer have any inhibitions. 
And to me, if that data was present back to the FBI and the local police, they should have visited this guy and say, hey, we've got a guy who's just bought a whole pile of guns and he's on this damn drug. That enough would have been enough. We don't have to have a solid diagnosis if the guy's been PTSD and been put in jail or had anything, uh, a record. You just need to know that. You don't have to know if he is a member of Antifa, gets their magazine or whatever, or Southern Poverty Law Center. You need to realize that a very low threshold needs to be had, and then we have to have anti-ballistic systems in place so we can protect people, including our military, when they go into operations like in Niger that just died, our special forces. So what I see happening is we have an increasingly sick population. We have mineral deficiency, cell phones, Wi-Fi networks, toxic chemicals in our food supply and genetically modified food, and we wonder why their brains, which are very metabolically active tissue, are, quote, abnormal. This guy's a 64-year-old accountant. It's, it's strange logic to think this guy is capable of doing this, number one, both physically, emotionally, and technologically, as well as uh, operationally. And that makes me very concerned, because I know that false flags happen. We know that the Senarov brothers were notified by the Russian intelligences to tell our FBI and local authorities that they had already visited Chechnya and they were a problem. We had hundreds of military officers doing, in a sense, a war game operation at the time of the marathon bombing. And so you go one after the other, just like, for example, I have the isotope analysis from the U.S. Geological Survey of the World Trade Center. And when I did my presentation in the, in the summer of 2007, it was later proven by uh, groups of architects and engineers and two nuclear scientists that I had and a munitions expert from Finland that the debris and the material of the World Trade Center was demolished with micronukes and RDX, period. Anybody who wants to dispute that, I have a very serious background in advanced organic inorganic chemistry and nuclear physics, not just MD Dr. Bill. You need to understand this, that there's bad elements that want to polarize the country. I mean, if you look at this just from a distance, you have to say, what will this effect have? Well, if they push legislation, say, in 2020 to seize guns, we will have civil war in America. And the powers that be that want a global world order don't want a solid America. They want it broken into four or five or six sub-republics and don't have any power. They want a trade zone of zone three, which is Canada, the United States, and Mexico as a trade zone. They don't want walls, borders, or nation states. And people have to understand that, that the powers that be that are even pushing the party line, like in the Democratic Party and some rhino Republicans, these people don't have the best interests of the people. Same as the economy. And I want to get into this because we have to decide what is an economy going to be in five or ten years. And we have to not only bring back jobs by repatriating money and lower taxes, but we've got to reinvent that 90% of the new jobs ten years from now aren't even invented yet. And we need to start realizing what is an economy so people have a base wage. I believe in a thing called reverse tax. Not increasing the minimum wage, but reverse tax so below a certain income. You top up people's wages, but I call it workfare. Everybody, even if you're quadriplegic and work two hours a day on a computer, should work. Workfare, not welfare. And we also want to make sure we don't force the single black mamas for not having a man in the home so she will get her check. So we actually make sure the little black boys don't have any daddy around to prevent bad behavior or joining gangs. These are the things, besides the guns and everything, they're going to fix things, is how do we fix the soul of America and how do we reinvent what an economy is? Because we haven't done that, have we? No, uh, and that's, uh, you know, there are some, some obviously some great points uh, to, to point to, and, and I'm, I'm in agreement when it comes to uh, getting rid of welfare. Uh, rather than welfare, we need to promote well-being. We need to get uh, yeah. these people uh, yeah. jobs. The, the cities, the urban cities and the urban communities, they need jobs 
uh, yeah. to be incentives. They need work, wage competition to be incent- as the incentive. They don't need right, to right. on the right. wage, and they don't need uh, welfare and checks to be paid for broken families because they incentivize right. the, the government they keep- incentivizes the broken families by paying they- single mothers to not have men inside the homes, and we know that 80% yeah. of felons come from fatherless homes, and so on, but the statistics exactly. there are, are staggering. You want to talk about the reason why people go around and kill each other all the time, just look at the fatherless home statistics, and you'll, you might want to, you know, you, you might become someone that, that's in line with it with them, you know, it's, it's hideous. Fatherless well, it, homes, uh, you know, create, create such a pandemic in this country with regards to morality or the lack thereof, well, uh, and with depression. It's right, we can also we can also profile these people. For example, if you want to look at violent genes, there's gene complexes we already know are tied to violence, like a mitochondrial monoamine oxidase enzyme gene. And you can test it in about a half an hour and tell you if someone has this gene, you need to moderate it with specific nutraceuticals and technology. We can do that. I know how to do it right now. Some people say, well, you can't do that, Dr. Deagle. Look, I took courses with Dr. Shouse almost 40 years ago the, uh, in, in uh, Washington State, where he was doing research as a criminologist Ph.D. and biochemist Ph.D. and found that hair, heavy metals, and manganese levels were real high in criminals. They were having seizure activity in their limbic system and reptilian, we call uh, reptilian or mem- brain of their brain. And if you do a quantitative EEG, there is no frontal level activity inhibiting bad behavior. It's just there's no voltages there. There's no frequency patterns. So we need to start realizing uh, you know, it's like driving a really fancy car without changing the oil. You know, if someone's driving an abnormal brain and the wrong circumstances occur, they get a drug from a crazy doctor that doesn't really understand the nature of these drugs and what they do to someone novelly because they don't know their genetics. It's not surprising. The, the person that pulled the trigger wasn't just Pratic, it was the doctor that gave him the prescription. It was the people that didn't have a healthcare system that would do metabolic testing to try to help this man so we could correct his sleep deprivation. So he wouldn't recall and he could get proper care for his broken ideas, his broken family where his father, when he's seven years old, hauled away to prison. And he never healed those wounds in his soul. And when we give him a deep repressing drug, why do we think he killed? Because we, as a nation, didn't care. We, as the doctors that gave him the script, didn't care. We didn't want to fix the problem of a broken man that was going to kill a lot of people. That's why all these poor people are dead or in hospital. Nasty, isn't it? Back in a minute. You've seen Crazy Tom. as issues that need to be dealt with, uh, whether there are uh, attacked by Rocket Man in North Korea that could target New York City. We had our guy from CENTCOM on three weeks ago, uh, Jason Burgess, whether it's dealing with the, uh, the, uh, uh, the Pratic uh, murder at the, at the uh, Mandalay Bay massacre, whether it's rebuilding our economy, we're in $20 trillion debt, and reinventing the idea of what an economy is. Uh, tell us what kinds of ways you're going to approach things that are solution-centered 
not on control centered like they call the left. So I think they can legislate equality, legislate wages up, legislate away poverty, when in fact everything they do they have what I call the anti Midas touch. Everything they touch turns to horse manure. So tell us what you think. Yeah, I agree with that. And um, so for me, it all it, everything hinges upon uh, uh, the Constitution. It has to come from the Constitution. If it doesn't, we can't use it. And that's the majority of America these days. The majority of Americans don't know anything from the Constitution or the whole Constitution. Um, and that's a good way to get ourselves in, in big trouble. So it all comes back from having constitutional leadership, leadership that stands for integrity and accountability, people that are not looking to benefit themselves, but to benefit this nation and our system and to put the best uh, foot forward. So what we're talking about, and you use the perfect word, because this is what I've been using for eight months, and it's what we should all be using, solutions. Solutions don't always come, actually, they, the majority of the time, they never come from government. And I would say almost, that's probably a 99% uh, is outside of the military, it's 99%. Solutions don't come from the government. They come from competition, from organizations, from businesses, from people, but they don't come from government. Government hasn't solved the homeless problem. They haven't solved the trafficking problem. They haven't solved the drug problem. They haven't solved, uh, you know, the veterans' issues. They haven't solved health care. They can't solve anything. In fact, they just, like you said, they have the anti-Midas touch. That comes from 50 years or more of policies that continue to try to legislate, um, you know, equality. Tell us that we have to be every, we, there's no more you can hire whoever you want as a business. No, the government has to get involved to make sure that you're not doing the right thing. So if somebody comes in and they've got a, you know, they've got, uh, you know, some kind of an issue that you find uh, keeps them from being able to work for you, you have to hire them. Otherwise, you're going to be sued. Otherwise, you know, you're going to lose your business, so forth and so on. That is not what America is. America is freedom and liberty. If you hate somebody's guts, you have the freedom and you have the right to hate their guts, and that's too bad. The onus is on the rest of us to try and convince you that you shouldn't hate their guts. The same thing with the kneelers. They, they have a right to kneel. Though most of us don't like it, we dislike it, they do have a right to kneel. If this nation wasn't so as you say, ass backwards. if we weren't so messed up, we would all recognize that this is not the right thing to do and that our flag is not a flag of oppression, it's a flag of freedom. But the reality exactly, yeah. is that we've lost our leadership because our leadership no longer has integrity. They make deals with globalists. They make backroom deals with themselves. They, they, whoever tells that narrative is the one that's going to win. That was Richard Nixon's style. The reality right. is is that we need to change all of that, and we need to start focusing on solutions. So here in New Jersey, which is a microcosm of America, New Jersey's got the most debt in the nation. America's got the most debt, you know, almost the most debt in the world. But we have so much. You have to focus on solutions outside of government, and you have to allow people to come up to, to, to battle, and you have to let the best one win. So with regards to, uh, you know, to our health care, for instance, Rather than sitting here and utilizing Obamacare, we need competition to thrive. That is what will bring the prices down because people naturally will go wherever either it's cheapest or where they get the best care or the best price. So, therefore, competition will thrive. Same right, thing with jobs. What, that's, what, that's what Trump did with his uh, executive order, allowing competition across state lines. In fact, I was calling for that for six months and said, look, stop trying to pass a giant radioactive health bill. I call it radioactive because everybody's going to get burned by Democrats and Republicans. Start passing mini-bills. Some of them you have to attach to infrastructure and other bills so that you can get things done. 
lower premiums, give more choices, and introduce things like I recommended, which is value-added tax system, like a tie system, a tax system, it would send money to the county so it wouldn't go to politicians or state or federal officials. It would go to health providers and the public that would do a two-year work as basically a, a citizen, not just paid to go to meetings, don't, not a salaried person, and then you'd hire everybody in an hourly wage, you'd allow a lateral training and total portability, you have national licensure, so if you're in Alaska and want to scrub up three days a week in Florida, you don't have to relicense. And we can have nurses that want to be obstetricians, and we want to have uh, medics that want to become surgeons. We need to start widening out our scope of, of competency and proof of that competency. And then we can truly do things like functional medicine. We can test people to see, like this guy Pratic, oh, you have an abnormal brain, let's fix it, rather than give you a toxic, dangerous drug, because the medical profession pretends that they have, quote, the cure for everything, which is foolishness. It's dangerous. And it's driven the costs up so high. Why do we allow lawyers to become ultra-wealthy? In states like Oregon, you can sue multiple lifetimes the entire earning of a doctor. It's not reasonable. Why can they do commercials on TV where they give you four seconds of benefits and 56 seconds of how it'll kill you or make you want to kill your neighbor? You know, to me, we have an insane society. We wonder why Craddock and the Mandalay Massacre occurred. We shouldn't wonder at all. It's like I tell people when I worked in emergency and trauma for the last 40 years, I realize that 99% of things are not accidents. They're on purposes. Mandalay Massacre isn't on purpose. It's not, a, it's not an accident, is it? No, no, you're right. And it's not an accident that New Jersey's in debt. I mean, you had corrupt politicians that screw the economy over and hamstring small businesses and people with good ideas. They can't get credit to take out of their garage and make a small business that becomes an intermediate business and sell their technology to major transnational corporations that are American-based. That's why we're in trouble, because we have some guy that's a welder that comes up with a great idea or a car mechanic that comes up with a new idea for, say, carburation or safety in vehicles. We should become the prescient nation on earth inventing these things because that's our soul, is to reinvent the future. That's what we are. Right? Yep, I agree. I agree. Sure, yeah, I agree. And, and I think that, that with, with regards to the economy, uh, the only way that we, can, that we can bring back our economy is to do exactly what, what Trump has also said would be right for our nation as well, which is this tax plan. Uh, he's right. not perfect, right? The guy makes mistakes. He's not perfect. But why I like him and why I stand by him is because he is trying to learn, and every single time that they've kicked something back, he's tried to renegotiate and come up with a better way. He and he's not getting a single drop of help anyway, which is, which is, I mean, I really think that he's rolling with punches, he's taking them well, and he's continuing to move forward without bitterness. He's just trying to be as neutral as possible. I think he's being very fair. I think the tax plan is fair. It's not perfect, but right now it's a step in the right direction, a major oh, yeah. step in the right direction, and that is what will get our economy back. We need to invest in fusion technology, and we need to be able to use that as our... We need to, to invest in it because there's apparently there's enough uh, on Mars to be able to fuel the world for the rest of our, you know, for the rest of our world. Well, you, you don't need to go to Mars. Let, let, me, let me fill you in on technology. We've had nuclear fusion injuries in our... Aurora Space Fleet for the last 60 years. They started to come out of service in 2010. We control every cubic centimeter between here and Mars. People don't know that. I know it's highly classified. So the fusion technology that the Chinese announced five years ago, they assigned 3,500 of their scientists to create fusion energy. We already have it. They just need to pull it out of warehouse 13. And if we did, well, and we had 10 fusion engines, 10 fusion engines, they supply all the power America needs with no so carbon credit problem. And the carbon is not the problem, by the way. 
The problem is we're killing right. the benthic layer of the oceans with toxic pollutions that's destroying the phytoplankton that convert carbon dioxide, and we're also destroying right. the ozone layer with post-geriatric reactors like Fukushima Daiichi that are destroying the ozone layer, so we're killing the, the, the tops of trees and crops and causing toxic effects in the ground. Uh, you know, the people who don't know any science, I call those scientistic. They're not science, they're scientistic. They don't understand these things. And we need to start looking at nonlinear systems, whether it's economy. Right now, what we've done in our economy, we've not only lowered the access to cash for people who want to invent things, we've lowered the velocity of credit. And now we're about, we have all the circumstances with Jenga sticks to crash the world economy worse than 1929. Bond market, commercial real estate market, the potential for a trade war with China, the stalled uh, finances of Europe with Eurozone, uh, Italy and France haven't grown their economy in 10 years. We're, there's so many Jenga sticks that can be pulled here, and if you know Trump is literally the the last man standing to prevent 1929 crash, it'll be even worse, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. I, I would agree. I think that we've got one shot to get this right, and the same is the case here in New Jersey. We've got one shot to get this thing right. Yeah, New Jersey is teetering, isn't it? And it's interesting. What does New Jersey stand for? It probably stands for the Jersey Islands off Britain, which is a a place to relax and. And a wonderful place off the coast of, uh, of uh, Britain. Uh, New Jersey, you know, it's wonderful environments. You know, the coastal areas, the uh, the inland areas. The, I mean, people don't really understand New Jersey unless you visit there, right? I have. It's an amazing place, isn't it? Yes, sir. <laughs> it shouldn't be suffering like this. It shouldn't be like, you know, uh, like Puerto Rico, where literally when Obama really let the banks take over, they rose the debt and caused austerity fascism. We don't need a sturdy fascism. We don't want to greasify New Jersey, do we? You don't want to turn into another Greek disaster. No, it's time to reverse the curse. Right. Vote for vote for Matt Riccardi, R4NJ.org. We'll be back on soon. Are you happy washing your hands? Dr. Bill's Cognition Plus is truly the smarter-in-an-hour pill. A combination of amino acids, trace minerals, and B vitamins, Cognition Plus is made with specialized herbal extracts that will enhance and support brain function. Our customers say, I feel more focused. My memory's getting better. I can work longer with more useful hours. Power up your neurotransmitters that have been depleted, like dopamine and norepinephrine. Simulate the release of others, like serotonin and oxytocin. Improve circulation and energy production. Protect your mind and your loved ones today. Order Dr. Bill Deagle's Cognition Plus at 888-212-8871 or go online to NutriMedical.com. That's 888-212-8871 or NutriMedical.com. And listen to the NutriMedical Report on the Genesis Radio Network with open lines every weekday. NutriMedical.com, bringing nutrition and medicine together.